Chris flies directly into Flagstaff. I have to go to Phoenix. Chris gets a nice big rental car. I get the two-person hybrid. You know, one question to remember to ask these guys is why in the world decide to test out here? I guess the good news is, is I'll be ready for my EVA on the moon. I'm isolated enough, that's for sure. You know, Barbara, I'm glad. This year, we're not going to be bothered by that guy, uh, Bill Blake Bond. I forgot what the heck his name is, but we're not going to see him here this year. Why not? I kind of like the guy. Well, I kind of gave him some special instructions, and uh, I think they're going to lead him in a different direction. Hi. I'm covering the... NASA testing for the small pressurized rover in the wilderness of Arizona. I got special instructions from Joe Cosmo not to go near Nocahost, Arizona. I think I've avoided that, but I jackknifed my hybrid and I'm running out of supplies, but hopefully I'll be able to report real soon. You're watching NASA Edge, an inside and outside look at all things NASA. Don't go near Nocahost. Coolest thing I've ever I've ever been on. For the first time since I've been at NASA, we have got a very clear vision and focus and path forward. And you know we've got technical challenges, but that's when we're at our best. What made you come up with this idea of a, of a small pressurized rover? Yeah, the thing that drove it was as I started, I was the lead from the astronaut office on the exploration EVA suit, right. and having done a bunch of EVAs from the shuttle and the station, one of the things that really seemed out of place with all of the overhead it took to get in the suit. Knowing what we had to do on the moon, I, I wanted to come up with a system that would really cut that overhead down. And then with the safety issues of the solar proton events and things of that nature, uh, it just occurred to me that if we could always stay close to a pressurized safe haven, that would be a great way to do operations. And that if we could get the same visibility from inside that we could in a suit, then we'd spend less time in the suits. And one of the, the key features here is that we actually have the, the main pressure vessel surrounded in water. And water is a great absorber of solar protons. And so we take that water, and because we're going to be at the South Pole, so we have a radiative surface on the roof, and so that water is going to freeze. And then we have our avionics mounted uh, to that thermal interface, so we don't need to have cold plates and pumped water loops to cool our avionics. So what we'll end up with is this very simple passive thermal control system that also provides the solar proton protection. Now one of the big advantages of a, of a pressurized rover versus an unpressurized rover is that you can go out for longer distances, right? Exactly. In fact, the, the SPR system, there's always two of them. So we can go out and we think up to a thousand kilometers and if any one breaks, so there's two people in each one, if one breaks, all four people can get in the other one and come back. So we always have a redundant way to get back to the, to the base and the lander. Everything's digital, it's on computer base now. Tell me about the, uh, the drive system here. Well, uh, we have push button or touch screen displays and uh, everything is pretty much push button. Um, so it makes it much easier than for the, for the astronauts. You don't have to have an instrumentation panel. Exactly. And so we get rid of a lot of the switches and go to the software right. uh, controls. I guess there's no need for windshield wipers uh, on the Well, FDR. and that's a great question. And, the winter dust? It turns out that the dust on the moon is charred, and so we think there's a way to run conducting fibers through the windows and then uh, electrostatically repel the dust. I, I see a vehicle of some kind in the distance. If I play this right, I might be able to flag them down and actually get some assistance. Maybe they know something about why I can't go to Nocahost 
or where the NASA training actually is. Now I noticed earlier we had somebody here in, in the viewing window. So, so you have this viewing window here, so when you come up to a geological rock, piece of rock and you want to look at it closely, you can actually get into that Exactly. Unit. So we take one of the cushions from the back, lay it on the floor, and then the, the geologist puts his head right in the okay. dome. Any plans to have any instrumentation where if, if I'm in that viewing window, I'll have mechanical arms coming out to... to um, you know, if I can get out of this vehicle in 10 minutes or less, and pick up the exact rock I want. Why do I want to fit exactly. around with a robot arm? Okay, great. Uh, now, having said that, we picture uh, robot arms possibly as a work package so that when the crew isn't on the moon, the ground could operate the vehicle uh, you know, in a much slower mode using the, the robot arms. I mean, you guys have really done a great job in terms of the human factor standpoint. You've got comfortable seats, you got a great viewing window. You all had to keep that in mind when designing this. Yeah, that was one of my top priorities. We were really careful with our human factors folks. We felt that it was going to be really important to have uh, good sleeping bunks and actually the ability to have private sleep stations so you feel like you get a little privacy. They do have uh, facilities on, on board here that you can go to the bathroom? Absolutely. Okay. We and have the a, back. A, a waste control system in the back and um, we actually even have a personal hygiene shower hose so we can take a sponge bath. We're actually taking a stepwise approach where this year we're going to live in it for three days and uh, we're recording all these human factors. If all those uh, look pretty flat at three days, then we're gonna push it up to 10 to 14 days next year. I would love to go to the moon, and, and I'm working very hard on these things to, to make that possible, and if I'm lucky and we get there fast enough, I'll have a shot at it myself, and, and if I don't, it's gonna make it better for those that, that come behind me. So uh, either way, we're gonna win here. I don't know, they don't exactly look like they're, they care one way or the other. Hey, we're with Steve Cavanaugh from NASA Langley Research Center. And Steve, what was Langley's contribution to the SPR? Okay, Langley's contribution uh, came in three areas, but it was mostly the uh, structure, the exterior of the, uh, of the cap. Everything in white is uh, skins that went okay. over a frame that was okay. made by JSC. Uh, so that was one thing. We made composite skins out of fiberglass and carbon. Uh, the other thing that we, we did was the uh, plastic windows. They're made out of acrylic plastic. The third thing is we used aluminum honeycomb and we cut it and made it to fit uh, for the floor panels, for the uh, seats, and also for the aft bulkhead. This is one of the floor panels and it's got a little quick disconnect on here. The, the, all the other ones are screwed down. Okay. But these um, flip up like this and the reason for that is is they have a, um, a bicycle in there for exercising okay. and they have this is where they store it down there oh, so okay. they have to get access to it. It's really lightweight. I mean this but is unbelievably light. Yeah the material uh, we the weight was a big thing on this project so we used um, uh, aircraft grade aluminum honeycomb which is more expensive but a lot lighter in weight uh, but just as strong. Just working on a few interview questions here for the NASA folks if I get there and if I don't I, I, I saw some falcons or something flying over maybe one of them's trained I used to have a trained falcon Mordecai maybe one of these falcons could pick up my questions and take them to Chris at the testing site in the unfortunate event that I don't make it which reminds me last will and testament being of sound mind and thoroughly dehydrated body I leave all my NASA tapes to the set therapist. So looking at the windows for this, is that bulletproof? Uh, no, those aren't bulletproof. Yeah. Those aren't bulletproof. Okay. However, 
I can say this, the requirement was to use polycarbonate plastic. Polycarbonate is a very extremely hard plastic, which you can take a baseball bat to, and it's pretty close to being bulletproof. You know, by the time we get to the moon, we might have invented some materials that we don't know about yet. That's right. That we can use uh, for That's the right. SPR. Right. Now, in the next iteration, I was talking to uh, Mike earlier, uh, he wants to have another hatch on the other side. Well, could you do me a favor? You know, when we get around to the next SPR and we you make the second hatch, instead of putting the NASA meatball, do you think we can put an edge logo there? <laughs> so we have the NASA meatball on one side, we can put the edge logo on the other side? Sure, why not? I don't believe it. The test facility is right smack dab in the middle of Nocahosta, Arizona. Joe Cosmo. We've got a solution. Oh, cool. Well, Steve, thank you so much. Uh, let us know when you get to the next iteration. Okay. See, Blair knows some people at JC. We'll still have to work on that. So. Okay. In fact, I need to find Blair because I don't know where he's at, all right? All right. They're on their way here, getting real close. So I'm going to try to flag these folks down and see if I can't get a glass of water and maybe a ride to the NASA testing. If you're watching NASA Edge, an inside and outside look at all things NASA. Hey! Hey! Over here! This is Santa.